Hey guys, how are you? We survived our first blizzard. It seemed like a blizzard, huh? The way that wind was blowing, it's blowing water in everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. Hey, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 16. John 16. And last week we talked about grief to joy. And, and uh, I, just, I just know that God wants to do something in us. Because it's a kind of a grief-stricken world we live in, isn't it? But, but he'll do it in his time and in his way. And he'll, he'll break through in us from the pain to the joy. But, you know, Jesus said, you know, in a little while, he told them, we don't know when that's going to be, but they're different. You know, each of us is different. The timing is different. God is going to do it in a different way. It's, we're not all the same. Thank God for that, right? Can you imagine if you all look like me? No comment, right? But, but he's going to work, you know, for his disciples, it was, you know, they would see him after his resurrection. They would have joy. They would see him when the Spirit would come on the day of Pentecost. They would see him at his second coming. And, and, or, or when we die, we're going to see him face to face. But, but right now, we have the Holy Spirit. And so he wants to bring us that joy in the middle of, of all the pain. And turn the grief into joy. So we need to fix our eyes on him. No matter what, no matter when, the bottom line is joy, right? The result is joy. Matthew Henry, believers have joy or sorrow according as they have or have not a sight of Christ. I love that. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We got to look at him. We got to see him. Because if you look around, if you look back, you look forward, you look within... It's not going to be so good. There's not a lot of joy in all those places. When was the last time you turned on the news and you listened to the news and you got all joyful? Just not going to happen. But joy to the world. We sang it this morning. Joy to the world. The Savior has come. Now today, I want to talk about, in the next section here, I want to talk about access. Say, what's that got to do with anything? You'll see as we go along how this uh, weaves into the passage that we're talking about. But, but it's like this high-level clearance. And, and to get in, you have to have high-level clearance to get the access. There's a certain point you can, you can no longer go, right? It's kind of interesting, it, but, but really it depends on who you know. Or maybe who you're related to, to see who you can get in. You know, I used to work... Uh, at a radio station, country music, that's probably why I like country music. I worked at this country music radio station in San Diego, and they would sponsor, you know, concerts. And so, because I worked there, I would have access, I would, ha I would get to have a badge, right? And I would be able to go backstage and meet these people, you know, Tammy Wynette, anybody heard of her? Charlie Pride, you know? I got to, you know, meet these people, not like I was hanging out with them or anything, but, but I got to go and, and make this content, contact because I had access. Uh, I remember one time, uh, this wasn't country music, but anybody heard of somebody named Boz Skaggs? 
You know, uh, I, was, I was still in school at the time, but, but we, he was one of my favorites at the time. And, and uh, so we went to this concert, and believe it or not, I found a backstage pass on the ground, right? And so I took that thing, and I put it right on, like, hey. And we, uh, we went backstage, and then we went and hung out. Uh, after the concert was all over, we went and, and hung out with these people. It was like, it was insane, if you can imagine like getting in to see the Queen of England or the, the President of the United States, you're not just going to get in. But if you know somebody or you're related to somebody, you have a good chance, right? Talking about, you know, military access, you know, it's to, to obtain a security clearance, you must be sponsored by a government agency for a position, a position which requires access to classified information, you, you must be a U.S. citizen to obtain a security clearance. So you've got to be sponsored. You've got to have somebody who's, who's putting your name in there. I don't know if you see where we're going with this thing, but we've got somebody who is putting our name in there. And that's what Jesus is going to tell his disciples, that, listen, I've got you covered here. And, and what I have done for you the access that I have created, that I have opened up for you, is completely amazing. Let's look at chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus said, <clears throat> excuse me, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until, you not, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and I and have believed that I came from God. You see, Jesus opened up this access for us to go directly to the Father. Now, we're not talking about just anybody. We're talking about the creator, the Father God, the creator of the whole universe that you and I have access. We don't really think about this much, what it is that you and I actually have, that we can go directly to the creator of the universe and have access to him. Why and how? See, Jesus was no longer going to be with them anymore bodily, physically. The Holy Spirit would be here. But because of their relationship, it says in verse 27, because of their relationship with Jesus, now the way is open to the Father. And we see in verses 23 and 24, what comes out of that? What, what does this access now affect in 24? It, it and it talks about prayer, doesn't it? 23 and 24, it talks about prayer. The Father will give you, he says, whatever you ask in my name. Asking you, 
will receive. There's something about we have this access to the Father. We don't have to, you know, go and ask Mary. We don't have to ask St. Christopher. We don't have to go to any other person to get to the Father because Jesus has opened up the way for us to go directly to the Father in heaven. Made me think about the prayer. You know, Jesus said, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And the Lord's Prayer starts with what? Our Father. He says that the way is open for you and for me to go and for prayer to ask whatever you will, to ask whatever you would, you would need, and, and, and the Father is going to listen to you. The second thing he says that will come up about that, and, and it's kind of connected to prayer at the end of verse 24, is asking you will receive, and your joy will be full or will be complete. There's this joy that comes out of it as well, that as we have this relationship with God the Father, and we pray and we see that he works things out and that he is faithful, there's one thing I can say about my relationship with God is that he is faithful. And he works all things out. That's, it's not me that, that I'm so great or anything. It's he is great. He is good. But when we understand and when we understand and, and, and we see what God, how God answers prayers in our lives, there's a certain kind of joy there. There's, it, it comes out of our relationship with God the Father that, that He is there, He's real, He is working. He says, you won't ask Jesus. Jesus said, you won't ask me. You'll, you'll, go, you'll go directly to the Father and, and He will answer. Now, we know and we, we see that He says that you're going to ask in his name, in Jesus' name, in my name, Jesus said. The Father's going to give you whatever you ask in my name. Of course, even going to the Father, we go through or in the name of Jesus. Without Jesus, we wouldn't be able to have this access, right? He's the one that sponsored us, so to speak. He's the one who, who we're related to, who has opened up the way for you and I to go. Of course, we talked about this uh, back in chapter uh, 14, I believe, uh, about in his name. When we ask in his name, you know, there are a lot of factors involved in that. It's, just, it's not just a formula where we say, well, I pray that you give me a brand new BMW in Jesus' name. And then, poof, there it is out in the driveway. I'm going to go home and check that out. The truth of the matter is, when we ask in Jesus' name, we're, ask, we're asking according to His character, according to His will. And our hearts need to be right with Him. We need to know Him. We need to believe Him. And, and out of that relationship with Jesus, you know, when we talked about this, sometimes we need, we need to pray like in Jesus' name first, because then we say, well, it has to do with the name of Jesus. And when the the Bible talks about someone's name. It, it, it has to do with everything about that person, right? So when I ask in Jesus' name, is Jesus want that? Is that something he would approve of? Is, is it in line with his will and his character? He says, ask though and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It will be full. 
Look at verse 25. He says, though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. Jesus did kind of speak in, in parables, and, and you know, he, would, he would talk, and, and sometimes it was just kind of unclear to them. But he said, that's going to change. And this, this relationship with the Father is going to be plain. It's going to be opened up. It's going to be clear. But what does it say there in verse 27? He says, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So the way that that this relationship with the the Father is opened up, it, it comes through our relationship with Jesus. He says, the Father himself loves you. Why? Because you love me. And you have believed that I came from God. As we we have a relationship with Jesus, we believe in who he is. We believe that he came to the earth from heaven. We believe that that he lived a perfect, sinless life. We believe that he went to the cross. He suffered and he died for the sins of all the world. We believe that he was in the tomb and that he rose again on the third day. We believe that... Uh, later he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. These are the things that we believe. And because of what he's done for me, because of his power is working in my life, I love him. I'm not ashamed to say, I'm not afraid to say, I love Jesus. That's, that's, we've, we've talked about that a number of times, you know, that, that we, we love Jesus. Why? Because of what he did for me. But through that relationship, it opens up the relationship with God the Father. Like, God himself loves you now. Jesus said things like that. If you love me, you love the Father. And and now he says here that the Father himself loves you. I have to think about this. And I think about this, I was... I was praying for someone and I was thinking, you know, what they really need is the love of of the Father. The love of the earthly father that they had was not so good. But the love of the Father, there's something very special about that, you know. I think we all need, we, we all need that. We all need the love of the father. Some of us, you know, maybe it was different. You know, we had a great father and I, you know, my, my, my real father was not good. My stepfather was really good. But you know what? I knew that when I came to Jesus Christ and, and my, you know, my life was completely opened up and I, and I knew that I had a father no matter what. There is something about that. The love of the Father that, that he's, that, you know, what we want from our earthly fathers, we want them to be proud of us, right? We want them to care about us. We want them to provide for us. We want them to give us a, a big inheritance. <laughs> you know, we want these kinds of things. But isn't that everything that the Father in heaven has done for us? Talk about a big inheritance. It says he's got an inheritance waiting for us right now. 
The love of the Father is an absolutely incredible thing. And through our, through our love and faith in Jesus, we experience the, the love of the Father. Jesus said it in chapter 14, you know, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father, what? Except through him. And so we now have this relationship with God the Father. Look at verse 28. He says, I came from the Father. And entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. What does that tell us about Jesus? What is that? What is that? What is he saying there when he says that I came from the Father? I came into the world and I am leaving the world and going to the Father. And we know what he did in between, of course, the cross and the resurrection. But, but what does this say about who Jesus is and, and, and open up in, in terms of theology about Jesus Christ? What does that tell us about him? A lot. Just in that one verse tells us an awful lot. Anybody know the theological terms? He is God, yeah. Fulfilling the scripture, yeah. Anybody else? He and the Father are one, yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Anything else from these verses? From this verse? One verse. I'll, I'll tell you. The, the first is the preexistence of Jesus Christ. That's very important. Because the world, you see, they see Jesus and they see he's just a man. He was born in Bethlehem. Yes, I'll accept that. I believe that. But is that really where he came from? He says, I came from the Father. I didn't come from Bethlehem. I was born there. I took on a body. He, he entered the world. There's a, there's a term that we use for that as well. When Jesus took the form of a man, what is the term we use for that? Incarnation. The incarnation, right? So we have the preexistence of Jesus Christ. We have the incarnation, meaning incarnate, means he took on flesh, right? He took on flesh and bones. He, he took on a body like you and I. Philippians tells us that he, he humbled himself. He came to the earth. He took on a body. He humbled himself. See, he didn't have to do that. He didn't, you know, can you imagine him there with the Father in heaven and, and God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and he's there? Did he have to come? I mean, it was a real step down, so to speak. That's what it means, humbled himself from heaven to earth. And then he entered the world and he left the world and he went back to the Father. This is Jesus we're talking about here. Look at verse 29. This kind of, this, you know, this little exchange here now between Jesus and the disciples kind of, it it's, it's almost humorous, but it's not really because it's really like you and I in many ways. Jesus' disciples, then they said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Hasn't he been saying these things all along? He really has. And all of a sudden, oh, wow, now we get it. Do they really? 
Verse 31, he says, you believe at last. And, and really that is more in the form of a question. You believe at last? Some versions, you know, translate it. Do you now believe? Do you really? But I want to ask you, did they really believe that yet? I don't think so. They really didn't get it. When would they get it? Totally. When the Holy Spirit came and opened up their understanding. See, we saw that. The Spirit of truth came. He says, I will guide you into all the truth. And so not till the Spirit was given would they really understand. Because look what happens next in verse uh, 32. He says, but Jesus said, but, you know, you, do you now believe? Jesus answered, he said, but a time is coming and has now come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. You see, did they really, did they really get it? I don't think so. Not yet. But they would. But he says, you know, you're, you're all going to be scattered. Each and every one of you would be scattered. The, the word means to be terror-stricken or driven. They would fly in every direction. You know, they're saying here, now we understand. We believe you. We are right there with you. But Jesus said, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, it was actually a prophecy, wasn't it? From Zechariah, where he says, you know, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. We looked at Peter's declaration some time back when Peter, Jesus said these words or words just like this. And, he, and what did Peter say? Even if all fall away on account of you, what? I never will. I'll never do it. But Jesus said they all did. He told them in Matthew, he said, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. And later in Matthew 26, it says, then all the disciples, they deserted him and they fled. They didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit with them. They would. Things would radically change when they received this power from on high. And, and would they scatter under persecution? Would they run? no. God did use persecution to kind of get them out of Jerusalem because it says they, they went out from Jerusalem to all different parts and the, the gospel went forth because of that. But they didn't run and hide. In fact, as I've said so many times now, because of their faith in Jesus Christ, their relationship with God, they, they willingly gave their lives for the gospel, except for John the Apostle. He said, you will leave me all alone. That's kind of a sad statement, isn't it? Jesus said, you're going to leave me all alone. He wasn't asking for pity or anything, though, was he? He was, he was just stating the facts. You're going to leave me all alone. He says, but. Look what he says there. But, he said, I'm not alone. Yet I am not alone. Why? What does he say there at the end of verse 32? For my Father is with me. He was speaking for himself in his relationship with the Father. I, I, I get that. 
But wasn't he also saying that for his disciples' sake as well? Wasn't he also saying that for, for our sake as well? That no matter if, you know, all of our friends forsake us, And this word alone, it means to be alone or forsaken. No matter if all of our friends leave us, our family, we we, we find ourselves all alone. God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave us alone. Jesus experienced that and he's now sharing that with his disciples. I think it's something that you and I need to remember that that we might be forsaken by all. We might find ourselves alone, but he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. This, again, is part of this relationship with the Father that you and I have it, it, that was opened up because of what Jesus Christ did for us. I must, I must mention, I have to mention, of course, was there a time between the Father and the Son when this was not true? Yeah. That moment on the cross, right? That moment on the cross when sin was judged. It says in Matthew 27, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was that One moment when sin, the sin of all the world, was judged. Of course, we know that the the relationship was soon restored between Jesus and the Father. And now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He sits there with his Father. This relationship that you and I can have with the Father depends on who we know. If we know Jesus, the way is open. The access is granted. It's there. It's direct, right? The access for you and I is direct. And we have this love because of it. We have prayer. We have joy. And we have love in verse 27 as well. A couple of verses I want to read before we close about this. Chapter, boy, I missed a few, didn't I? Chapter 5 of Romans, uh, Paul says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That is a mouthful, isn't it? I mean, you you could uh, dissect this verse and, and get... You could study this for a month and see all the things that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. But we have, we have peace with God. We have grace. And we have rejoicing. We have joy. We have hope. All through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hebrews, he talks about it as well. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, he goes on to say, let us draw near to God. 
Let us draw close to him. Let us spend time. Let's seek him. Let's, you know, seek after this father that we have this open door. You see, just because we have the open door, just because that access is there, it doesn't mean that we're going to take advantage of it. But notice he says that, that the way is open through the curtain. Matthew chapter 27, the last verse I want to look at, says this. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, it is finished. He gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The veil's torn. This veil, uh, most of you are aware of that, but in the, in the temple there were basically two sections, the holy place and the most holy place. Some call that the holy of holies where the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant was and, and where the very presence of God uh, was, was there. Could anybody go into that Holy of Holies? No. If you just walked in there, you, you would probably be stricken down because of the holiness of God. The high priest, once a year, would be able to go into that holy place, right? Once a year only. And he would have to go in with what? Anybody tell me? Yes, but he'd have to go in with what? With blood. With blood. Without the blood, he couldn't go in. When Jesus died, look at what it says. It says that at that moment, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This tells us the way was open. And notice it was torn from the top. It wasn't torn from the bottom where a person did it. It was torn from the very top to the bottom signifying that you and I now can go right into the Holy of Holies, the, the most holy place where God dwells. That's what Jesus did for you and I. Let's pray together, shall we? The way is open. Oh, God, our Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, that made a way, that opened the way. Before that, we, we couldn't come. There was no way in, no way to access. But because of what Jesus did on that cross when he paid the price, when he suffered and died, the veil is torn. And the way into the most holy place, the relationship with you, God our Father, and that we can come and pray. We have confidence. We can come and pray and ask anything in Jesus' name and you'll do it. That we can find peace and joy and grace and hope. And Jesus, we thank you that you humbled yourself. You came from the Father. You came to earth. You came we're going to celebrate it very soon at Christmas time. You came to the earth and, and you did it because you loved us, because the Father loved us, because there was only one way to open that, that access, that ability to enter 
into a relationship into the presence of the Almighty God through Jesus Christ, through what you did. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Father, I pray you'd encourage your people today that no matter what they face, that you're on their side, you are proud. You do love them. You do want to hear their prayers and answer them. You do want to give them joy and peace and hope and grace. You're a father that will never, never, never leave us or forsake us. I thank you. I thank you, Father, for all you've done in my life. And I just pray you'd bless each one of us with a greater knowledge, a greater walk, a greater depth of relationship with you as our Father. We could cry out, Abba, Father. Lord, I also pray for any, maybe they don't have that relationship with you, Father, that today is a day they can call on the name of Jesus and find Find the, the way open. Find the entrance granted through the name of Jesus, through the power of Jesus Christ, through the salvation that comes through him. If you're listening, if that's you today, you can simply open your heart right now and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I, I ask you to save me. Rescue me that I might enter in today. In Jesus' name, amen.